two small market team stars are representing the U.S. at the FIFA World Cup. John Moran is trying to say different info about the gun. The Falcons have a new associate head coach, but can it fix the offense? Tony Mitchell is getting a second chance after his arrest. Josh Madden is the new cover athlete for Madden. And how will Messi's move to Miami impact soccer in the South? All of this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Silverman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Soap 14. Joining me later on for Christy's Corner is my co-host, Christy. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports different forms and varieties. Well, we've got a lot to discuss, but a lot of our focus is really going to be on basketball. I know it's great. I know that with the NBA Finals going on right now, you know, we're not expecting too, too much information and news in regards to basketball, but basketball is pretty big in the news. So let's talk about it. So first and foremost, one of the biggest things that is being discussed is that Brandon Ingram and Jaron Jackson Jr. are committing to Team USA for the FIBA World Cup championships this summer in the Philippines. This is huge. Because they are two of the best young players in the NBA. You know, Jaron Jackson just won Defensive Player of the Year. Brandon Ingram is an all-star, and he has also been Most Improved Player. And both of them are just terrific when they are playing the game of basketball. Now, with these two, they have some really impressive stats, which is obviously terrific to hear. But also with this, you know, there are some concerns about Brandon Ingram and his longevity when it comes to playing in a career. You know, he missed some time this past season. But right now, I think this is going to be really great for him, especially his confidence. Now, this year, he averaged 24 points per game. Now, I know he didn't play as many games this season as he usually does. This is still a very terrific uh, stat line for him. And he was 39% from a three-point line. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. But he's also someone who spreads the wealth as round when it comes to his assists. And he's also a pretty underrated stealer and blocker. I mean, he has been compared to Kevin Durant, which is something that, you know, a lot of people should not take lightly. And I think with this, you know, this is just going to be all in on a great opportunity for him. Now, this isn't going to necessarily mean that he's going to make it to, let's say, the Olympics when they next play. But it could happen. You know, right now, this is just still very big for Brandon Ingram. And especially because he's averaged 19 points in his career. But ever since he got to New Orleans, his numbers have gone up. You know, since he got there, he averaged... 23 points, 23 points, 22 points, 24 points. And that's just terrific for him as well. Now, moving on to Jaron Jackson Jr., this year's Defensive Player of the Year. This is a huge honor for him as well. You know, he's also an all-star. He's been in the league for a few years, since 2018. And he's been really terrific. I mean, this year, he had a career high in points in 18. And then with his rebounds, you know, 6.8. And then he also is a all-star and someone who has won defensive player of the year so he's been terrific too you're getting two of the bright young stars in the nba but more importantly you're getting two young bright stars from the south in the small market conference that's right this is really 
big for the South and for small markets because how often do we see players who are going to be on this team and say, oh, well, are they from the, you know, teams in the small market? Not really, but I mean, you just look at this and you look at their roster right now and, you know, you've got Bobby Portis on there just to name someone. Then you've also got Anthony Edwards as well. So really with this, I think it's, you know, just going to be a huge honor for this team and to have some players who are well represented. Now, obviously, we're going to, you know, look at this roster and kind of just see how things are looking for this team. So obviously, we did mention that there is going to be players like Anthony Edwards, but Tyrese Halberton has committed to play for the team, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, obviously we said Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves. This is big, you know, and they're going to start training on August 3rd, and then they're going to have their first exhibition game for August 7th. Now, this isn't all entirely decided yet, but it's still very big. So, you know, I'm excited. You know, our small market team stars are going to get some love, and this could be really good because we were talking about getting more opportunities for our small market teams, especially in the South. Now, sadly, as we focus on one bright spot for the Memphis Grizzlies, we have to focus on a, another teammate of the Memphis Grizzlies, and of course, it's John Morant. Now, I feel like we're talking about Memphis the same way we've talked about the Charlotte Hornets last year in the city of Charlotte, but Memphis right now, oh man, they're having some trouble so obviously, Jaw has been suspended and he is away from the team. Or as my friend says, you know, he just can't show up to the facility. But now there's also some different, I guess, phrasing involved. Adam Silver is saying how he doesn't really want to give the idea of how long Jaw's going to be suspended because he doesn't want to take away focus from the finals. But obviously, you know, people are still going to be looking for any news or any drama, really, because it's the offseason season. But there are some people who are saying that it could be suspension looking like 30 games. But then John Morant's camp stated that the gun was a toy. I'm sorry, what? No way. There's no way that the gun was a toy because, oh, I don't know. It looked like an actual gun. And as one of my friends said, if it was a toy, then why would Jaws' friend, you know, try and move the camera away from it? It doesn't add up. They're trying to make things look a little different than it should be. And I just don't know why Jaw can't be accountable or just stand up for himself and say, hey, you know, just because I am a millionaire and a great basketball player doesn't mean I should be an idiot. And with this case, he kind of is acting like one and it's not looking good. So what can the city of Memphis do and what can the Memphis Grizzlies do? Once again, why is Taylor Jenkins not doing anything? I understand that he suspended Jaw from team activities. I understand that he's letting Jaw, you know, stay away from the facility, but he hasn't said anything. And this is what's concerning too, because we have a great culture in the South, but we also have players who are doing things that are kind of ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Pelicans aren't safe either. Zion Williamson is going to be a doubt, which is great. I'm proud of him. But apparently there's rumors, too, that Zion Williamson was also cheating on his girlfriend with someone else. 
and that girl might be pregnant too. So it's just one giant entanglement. So of course with this, it's very concerning to see that we're having some trouble in the South while we celebrate two very talented basketball players and the other two talented basketball players on these prospective teams are struggling right now. So it's terrific for the city of New Orleans and the city of Memphis in the offseason so far. Now, next up, we have some news coming out of New Orleans in regards to the Pelicans making a hire for James Borrego to be the new assistant head coach, associate head coach, whichever one you want to call. And then also retaining Jaron Collins, which is going to be huge for them. But really with this, I think it was very important that we have a hire of James Borrego coming in. Now, James Borrego was the Charlotte Hornets coach last year. He was ultimately fired, but he did a really great job for offensive efficiency when it came to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, where they struggle was defense, but with the Pelicans, you know, you have Darren Collins. You've also got Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, and you've also got Zion Williamson, who are really great defenders. So with this, I feel like the defenders, the defense should still be fine, but obviously the offense needed work. Now, in the NBA, the focus is becoming now on the three ball in the mid-range. You have one of the best mid-range players in the NBA, Brandon Ingram. He just needs to stay healthy. But when it comes to three-pointers, you really only have two players who are known for their threes, and that's Trey Murphy and CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum was playing hurt last year, so obviously, you know, he was banged up. So that is going to be kind of harder for him. But Trey Murphy has been terrific. And then you also have other players off the bench who can, you know, do some great mid-range plays, who can do some great three-point plays. But with this, you need someone who can come in and necessarily fix the offense. Now, I feel like part of this is going to be great because he is a pop disciple. He worked for the San Antonio Spurs multiple times. He's a former assistant coach for the New Orleans Pelicans when they were the Hornets. So he's worked with Willie Green and this is just great for this team. You know, bring in someone who has leadership, someone who can provide Willie some help. Willie's still a young coach, so he needs as much help as he can get, which is definitely, you know, very important because sometimes Willie just still does not figure some things out. He's young. He's only going to be going into his third year. But this is a team that can look to make the jump. Remember, with them, they made the playoffs in year one. They were the one seed in year two, and then once they hit all the injuries, you know, they did struggle, but things like that do happen. Now, will we see more growth from our players like Zion or Trey or Herb? I think with this, it's possible. You know, Herb right now is averaging about nine points, but with how he's playing, I could see him getting up to maybe 12 or 13, which would be really ideal for him. Zion, the biggest thing is health. And then when it comes to other players as well, it's just about consistency. So I think with this, we have to make sure that, you know, everyone's very much on the same page. Now, I like the hire. You know, we need someone who can help us with our offense because the offense does need some help. But right now, I think with this, you need to focus on making sure you're setting up more screens. You're getting some catch and shoot open threes for Trey Murphy out there. And then also making sure that you're running different plays too. I feel like with everything I've seen recently, this offense does get stagnant and they need to find some more consistency to make sure that they can be successful 
when playing through the offense, whether it's through Zion, through Brandon Ingram, or even through CJ. And with it being Friday, you know what time it is. It is time for Christie's Corner. She's got a lot to break down based in regards to the NFL and the college football level, especially in regards to some of our remaining free agents. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Hi, welcome to a new episode of Christie's Corner. So we finally know who will be on the cover of Madden 24, and I don't really think it was a huge shock. So Josh Allen has landed that spot. I like this pick. I think he has cemented his name and his place in the NFL. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. He's definitely on the top five list for most people. And, of course, there's always going to be haters. Some people said it should have been DeMar Hamlin just because of what he went through and all the stories that we know came out of last season with him. I think the biggest hater from this news was the Ravens, Patrick Queen, and that's only because of the trailer video. So in the trailer, Josh Allen was scoring a touchdown on him. So he was like, why'd, they, why'd you have to use that clip? Why'd it have to be me? But I really like this pick. Hopefully the Madden curse doesn't find Josh Allen. Hopefully there's no huge injuries. I hope that's not a hurt of here first. So my next point is it's kind of close to home. It's something we always talk about, and it's players who are getting in trouble, especially college. And for a while there, we were talking about Georgia and all the players that were getting driving-related charges. And this time, unfortunately, we have an Alabama player. So incoming freshman defensive back Tony Mitchell was arrested, and he's on probation. This was for a drug-related incident. Um, it was a traffic stop in Florida, and he was found to have marijuana, and it was more than he could have, so he was charged with an intent to sell and distribute. He commented on this and said, you know, he was making choices to try to fit in and that he learned not everyone is your friend. So it sounds like he was picking the wrong people to hang around Hopefully he learns from this. He was suspended from the team for a bit, but his dad said he has been reinstated. And this isn't surprising because if you know Nick Saban, he kind of gives people that chance, the chance to mess up and brings them back. And he talks about how he would rather give them the chance to change their lives than have them go run on the streets. So not surprising there. I hope he does learn his lesson. He talked a lot about how he realizes he could have lost football forever. So I hope we see him play. He's one of the top recruits we got. So lesson learned. Next is Derek Henry. We talked about him a lot lately on trade rumors. And I think the Buffalo Bills was like the top team that you would hear who were vying for him but it sounds like he's gonna stay at least one more season so the Titans just had their mini camp and he was interviewed after and he said he was there to focus on football not other stuff and by that other stuff he meant all the trade rumors or you know his salary or his contract and what that was gonna look like but he said finally being able to meet the Titans' new general manager, Ron Carthen, really cemented his choice and the team's choice, and they get along, they're respecting each other and their new positions, and 
like I said, I think we're going to see him stay for another season. And maybe we see a trade or a switch mid-season if things aren't working out. But I think he'll definitely start the season with the Titans. So I don't see any change coming from there anytime soon. But speaking of change, Nick Saban is in D.C. and he's lobbying. Now, this is something he's done before with different rules, but he's lobbying for some NIL stuff. And he's not the only one there. There's a bunch of college big heads, big wigs, I guess you could call them, there this week. And they are trying to get some regulation on NIL deals. And I think this is a long time coming. I think it should have been done before the NIL stuff was even put into place. So they're there to talk about the pros and cons of it. And they're hoping to end with passing a bill that would just help regulate it. It would help regulate how much people can spend on these players and what the extent of their benefits could be. And I think this is really important because especially last season, we saw some pretty outrageous requests from these kids. I can't remember who it was, but somebody was requesting that, you know, they get their deal and then that their girlfriend get like a free ride into law school. Like, this just crazy stuff that I think is outlandish. I think it's too much. And I do think that there needs to be some sort of cap on this stuff or it's going to get out of control. And it does affect recruiting. And that's Nick Saban's whole point. Like at some point, there's going to be a lot of unfairness to this because money talks. So maybe we can update you next week, see if anything comes out of all of this. So back to the NFL, we talked last week about some surprising names that were still free agents, and I kind of gave you some reasons why they might still be free agents, and that list really hasn't changed, but the more I look at it, the more I realize there are some huge names that are up for grabs. So you have DeAndre Hopkins still, who the Cardinals let go. You have Jadavion Clowney, you still have Zeke Elliott. Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, and Kyle Van Noy. Now, there's a lot to think about when you think about these players as free agents. And the first thing to think about is their age. So the youngest one on this list is 28. And most of these positions, like, they stop playing at 30 just because of what their body takes on. So, yes, in terms of football, maybe these players are on the older end. But the other thing that I mentioned last week that I still think has a lot of impact on this is that these players don't really want to go through all the training in the heat all summer. They want to stay healthy. So they're going to wait until the beginning of the season, and these teams will wait too to see what needs they still have, or maybe they get some injuries and they need to replace these people, and then they're going to start picking these free agents out. And then, of course, you have the business side of it. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? And a lot of these players could be talking to teams and just waiting for the right contract and the right dollar amount. So I think we'll start to see some of these players being picked maybe later in the summer or early fall. But one player that is soon going to be up for grabs and one that I think is probably the most shocking of all is Dalvin Cook. So it was just announced that he is planned to be released by the Vikings. 
So obviously he's a well-known running back and we've talked about running backs a lot lately. And really the reason for this release is money. So in this upcoming season, he was due for an increase and he was going to make $10.4 million as his base salary. Of course, there's incentives with that too. And it was to go up every year. So in 2024, he was set to make $11.9 million. And then 2025, last year of his contract, he was set to make $12.9 million. So by releasing him, the Vikings are saving $9 million in cap space. Um, they've talked about trading. There hasn't been a team yet that's able to work things out, probably because what's left in his contract, nobody can afford to pay it out. So if they don't make a trade, um, look for him to be officially released at the time of this episode on Friday. I think they said they're going to try to talk to one more team Thursday night, and if that doesn't happen, he is definitely getting released. And the number one landing spot for him is the Dolphins. So Dalvin Cook is a Florida native. When the Vikings played the Dolphins, they played in Miami, and he talked about how special that was for him. Now, the Dolphins don't really need a running back, but their coach has said he'd be interested in getting one just to kind of up their running game and almost follow like a San Francisco-style offense. So it's possible that we see him go there. So maybe he will be the first one we have a home for that we can report to you. But we'll see what happens over the weekend, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye! And finally, with our last point, it comes down to soccer. Now, I know we've started talking more and more about soccer. You know, we had a focus on soccer in our Legion episode when Legion beat Charlotte FC. And we've had our a few different episodes in regards to when we focused on the World Cup or when we focused on soccer in the South in cities like Nashville and Atlanta. But this is a very big move, not only for just soccer itself, but for the United States when Lionel Messi, considered one of the best soccer players of all time, and even probably considered the best soccer player of the 21st century, announced that he's going to be signing with Miami. That's right. You know, of all teams, he's going to enter Miami. And, of course, my first question is, what's David Beckham doing over there? You know, this is very much something I could see him cooking up. Because a few years ago, before... Messi was, I don't want to say necessarily released from his contract with Barcelona, but when he was still trying to figure out if he was going to sign and then all this stuff happened where he couldn't because of finances and stuff, he was vacationing in Miami. And I think he might have gone, he goes to Miami a good little bit, I think. And I think someone had jokingly said he was hanging out with Shakira, which I do, I highly doubt. I mean, Shakira used to be with, his former teammate and then PK, you know, kind of ruined that because he decided to go after someone else. But anyway, with this, this is huge for soccer in the U.S., especially soccer in the South. Now, I know we always say that Florida kind of does their own thing, and we always talk about stuff like that as well. But the reason why this is so big is because soccer in the next few years is going to have the opportunity to be hosted in the U.S. for the World Cup. And, you know, it's coming to Atlanta. It's coming to Denver. It's coming all throughout the U.S. and Mexico and Canada. And soccer is getting popular really at the right time, which is crazy to me because I literally grew up playing soccer and I 
it was one of my favorite sports and I still watch it to this day. So I think with this, I think it's also a big mix of the growth with soccer, with Ted Lasso, and then also with different, you know, performances in the World Cup. You know, we've got Christian Pulisic, we've got Walker Zimmerman as well, and then we've also got players like, um, I'm trying to think of his name, it'll, it'll come to me, I'm so sorry about that, but I think with this, you know, it's very important that we focus on the wins in regards to soccer in the U.S. Now, how will this benefit teams who are playing Inter-Miami? Well, I've already looked at the prizes, and ticket prices are already going up. I'm calling that the Messi effect. Now, with Lionel Messi, he is one of the best players of all time. You know, he's our generation's best player of all time. You know, we've gotten to see players like Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Iniesta, Wayne Rooney, and it's been terrific. But how cool is it now to say that you can see Lionel Messi play in the U.S.? And this is just a huge honor. So, I mean, I can understand it, but people are definitely going crazy with the prices right now. Now, we don't know when he's going to officially join. It could be the offseason, but he has been released from his contract with Paris Saint-Germain. There was some speculation he was going to go back to Barcelona. And in the back of my mind, I kind of thought it would happen. Because with Barcelona right now, they hired former player Xavi. And Xavi has done a terrific job as the manager at Barcelona. You know, he's bringing them back to the standard prominence that they used to be at. He's a former player. And a lot of these former players are coming back to be coaches. I wouldn't be surprised if he brought back, you know, other players too, like Fabregas or PK. So I think with this, I kind of saw it coming. And Messi and Xavi are still very good friends. But David Beckham does what David Beckham does as a businessman and gave them this opportunity to do something a little bit different. Now, I think it's great for Messi, but I also think this is great for soccer in the United States. You know, we are always going to be floating around with probably number three or number four when it comes to soccer, maybe even lower, because you've got football, basketball, baseball, and then kind of right behind them is soccer. And I know it sucks because soccer is something that a lot of people love. It just now doesn't get the recognition that it should. But I think with Messi coming to the United States, this will be very big, not only for the U.S., but for soccer fans all throughout the country, the United States. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast. My personal Instagram and Twitter, jakesil 14 at Sweet by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter. We will be back on Tuesday focusing more of how we would build our team as a GM and along some other things as well, such as what's going on with the NBA Finals. Can the Miami Heat steal another game after going down 2-1? But as always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We truly could not have grown without y'all over the past year and a half. It's been terrific, and we are so grateful for y'all in that 
And as always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this to your friends. We really appreciate everything that y'all are doing. And as always, thank you so much. Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring light into this world. Think of others as well. Be a light in this world. And remember, the world is still a very scary place and it needs our help and support. And as always, you will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.